Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession proof. Last week, and the thing I'm most excited about, last week we talked about an investor who uh, would like to start with an investment of $100 million with our group. And um, we've officially decided on a date to go ink that deal. So January 3rd, we'll be out in Dallas checking on our property, inking a deal with that investor. And um, we are officially on the hunt for, um, you know, if we have $100 million, that equates to about $300, $350 million worth of multifamily. So we thought we were going to take a nice break for a few months and, and catch our breath, um, work on systems, which we're still going to do, but we're back on the hunt. So we're excited for that. Uh, I don't know, Michael, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to open the doors to some better deals and, and, um, and just overall more and, and higher quality deals. Do you remember what we were doing this time last year? <laughs> I, I sure do. I was raising money for Dallas <laughs> until 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve last year. So if you look at the arc from where we were literally this time last year, I was biting my nails because I was in a 1031 with 11 or $12 million that if, if we didn't close, we had already closed Fairmont One at this time. We closed middle of the month. We had 10 days into owning Fairmont One. But we, we were still a week away, or actually, excuse me, less than a week away from having to close, gun to our heads, mm -hmm. um, having to close both um, El Paso, Desert Peaks, and, and Meadow Creek. And if I didn't, if we didn't close those, um, you know, I could have been looking at anywhere from three to $5 million in capital gains taxes. Pretty big tax so, implications. Yeah. So now one year later through everything, we've closed what a thousand doors and, uh, or something like that. 1233. Oh, pardon me. Thank you. 1233 doors. I haven't been part of all, I've, I've only been part of 800 of those. So you guys did the other 433, <laughs> but, um, which is amazing. And then now you're going to go and sit down with a bunch of nice gals, guys and gals and um, work something out to, to be handled a lot of money, a lot of liquid cash that every, every, you know, every real estate person wants if they, if they want to scale. We want to scale. And would you tell um, Sam really the overall goal of, of what yours is? You know, over the next uh, five, six, seven, 10 years, because it's a pretty big number. Yeah. You know, when, when Lyndon and, and I sat down to do this business, um, I was walking away from a seven-figure real estate income, and I wanted to go big again. And, and luckily, thanks to Mike Ferry and, and great people and mentors like you and Hal and, and Ed and, and different people, I knew I had to think big. Um, so we got in this to make everyone uh, wealthy with us along the way, and, and we want to get to a billion dollars in holdings by 2029. So the, the reason I chose that number is 
if we go big, that means we, we have to do it the right way. We have to be conservative. We can't lose. We have to bat 1,000. We cannot lose money. We cannot buy a bad deal. And I didn't want to get in this business as a hobby. And I certainly didn't want to get in this business to do bad deals and fail. So the, the billion dollar number has helped us hold to our standards and only do the best deals. And um, we're excited. So we are at officially just under $100 million in holdings. And, um, you know, with this big influx of, of cash, we will triple that number in the next 12 months. And Sam, what, so what does that look like? A billion dollars AUM. I, I want to get to 3,000. I told you, because Sam, Sam and I have had a lot of uh, heart-to-hearts in the last 12 months, to say the least. And one of the things we talked about is Sam, Sam said to me, he said, what do, you, what do you really want? I said, I want 3,000 doors um, by, by 2028. By the time I'm 65, I want to own or have a piece of 3,000 doors. I said, what do you want? He said, well, I want a billion dollars AUM. I said, well, we're really going towards, we're really barreling towards the same, the same thing. Um, and so it's, uh, but what is it, tell, tell me, tell everybody what a billion AUM actually looks like. And what does it look like in doors, income, um, cost seg, you know, pat, I mean, think of the lost carry forwards. Have you thought about that? <laughs> <laughs> you won't be, ta- you'll be paying taxes till you're 95. <laughs> Everyone's going to be paying me taxes. Yeah. <laughs> All that depreciation. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's a it's a really fun goal. And what it means, number one, and I, I always want to go back to this, is that my investors are making fantastic money and and fantastic returns on their investments. And the way we get to a billion is by buying fifty to seventy five million dollar deals with better scale, and better, you know, my podcast is recession-proof real estate investing. They're more recession-proof. So what it looks like is a billion dollars worth of really conservative, high cash flowing, double-digit returning multifamily assets. For me, it, it means a great income and a really fun business to, to operate. I love what I do. Uh, for you and my partners, it means residual cash flow for the rest of our lives. And for our investing partners, our friends and, and investors, it means um, double digit fantastic returns. And, and being able to be a part of and, and own a piece of assets, you know, a $75 million asset that you would never be able to buy on your own or even with a few of your friends, you know. So um, on a high tide, all ships rise together. And that's the goal. We will buy the best assets and with this new influx of cash, have access to much better deals, much bigger deals Talk about that we that. would never have the ability to, to have. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to get to. Would you um, share with everybody what that, what that looks like, how it changes the, the, the landscape of what we're going to be exposed to, what we're going to have a shot at, and, um, and what these literally will look like? Yeah. So the reason I wanted to go to big multifamilies because I was developing fourplex communities all over the country, all over Texas, Utah, and Idaho. And, and there's a ton of competition for a duplex or a fourplex cap rates were getting ultra suppressed. So I knew that if if I went into big multifamily, I could find better deals for my investors. And now our problem is, is that a $10 million deal, or let's say this $27 million deal, dollar deal we just closed on in in El Paso 
still had some competition. Some, so, you know, we, we had to compete. We really had to go hard on this deal and, and we had to put a half a million non-refundable day one on this deal. So there's still a lot of competition in this space. There's still people able to come, come up with five, 10, $15 million fairly easily and compete with us on these smaller deals. It's funny. I say they're smaller deals, but you know, anything under 50 million now is kind of a small deal. And with this more cash that we have, there's going to be less competition in the 50 to the $100 million space because there's just less people able to pull that kind of cash together. And it's too small for a lot of the REITs. You know, a lot of those REITs want the 100 to to $200 million deals because they need scale and, and they, they, they can't deal with the smaller deals. So we are excited to be in a space where we're above a lot of the, the mom and pop, the smaller syndications, the smaller funds, we're above them and not competing with them anymore, but we're still below some of the REITs, the Grant Cardones who just don't have time to look at the 50 to 75 to $100 million deals. See, that's what I thank you. That, that was perfect. That's what I wanted to get to. Guys and gals, what, what we're trying to say is that the air is very, becomes a lot thinner where we're going next. And we, are, we want to get that sweet spot where we, we are cutting out all the mom and pops, all the bigger players. We are right in between where we are small enough and nimble enough in our size that we can go, we can make decisions easily. We don't have to go to a boardroom. Sam and I, once we look at a deal, if it makes sense, we can on the spot make a decision. Um, that's what the Grant Cardone's, that's what, that's what, I shouldn't say Grant, Grant does a great job. Um, uh, big reads. The big reads cannot do that. They have to go to their board. Uh, when I sold one of my assets last year, um, the people that were the, the, the Wall Streets, Wall Streeters and the syndicators and the certain people that were coming to me they couldn't make a decision very quickly. We can make that decision. Very recently, a couple of nights ago, um, one of our partners needed to have a cash infusion uh, to close a deal. They didn't need it, but they, they asked if, if Sam and I could raise a little bit of money and, and, and do it. And within probably an hour, Sam and I made some phone calls some, to some of our best partners and friends. And we made up that difference for our, for our partner. That's a, a nimbleness. That is a um, elasticity that uh, the bigger people cannot make, that Sam and I can still do. And always, I, th I think probably at some point, maybe that'll change years from now, but I don't see that changing anytime soon. Do you, Sam? No, no, I don't. And, um, you know, we raised more than we needed for El Paso um, and Cleveland. And so, you know, we're going to have this dinner, by the way, in, in Las Vegas on the 18th. And it's just for existing investors because the only problem I see moving forward is we're not going to have a lot of room in these future deals. And so we will reward, you know, the, the Hal's, the Paul's, the David's and Betty's and, and, and people that have already invested in our deals with us. Um, there's going to be limited room. And, and we've had probably, I don't know, Michael, 10 people in the last week say, Hey, I just did my tax planning. Do you still have room in El Paso? And the pro the answer was no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You know um, I wish we had more room and, and that's going to continue, you know, um, as our reputation grows. So I did want to move off uh, this subject, but I am really excited. I'll, I'll report back to everyone, obviously how this goes. Um, 
We are already looking at another deal in El Paso. By the way, Michael, I don't think I even told you that yet. Um, Bello on our property management call, I mentioned this to them yesterday and they said, oh, we've got two off-market deals for you, one in Dallas, one in El Paso. Right. So um, that's, that's kind of nice when your property manager right in the middle of the call says, oh, by the way, I have, yeah. some deals for, I have some deals for you. Merry Christmas. Exactly. We love it. We love it. And, I, you know, I'm looking at 10 acres in, in Boise right now, running a pro forma on that um, to build a few hundred doors. And, and so anyways, we're excited about that. Um, I did ask Betty Joe to jump on the call. She's an investor of ours um, and now uh, a partner of ours on the Terrace Hill deal in El Paso. And we have actually asked her to be our regional manager for El Paso. So I wanted to talk about Betty Jo's experience. And this has been trial and error by myself to figure out who would be the best asset manager for these deals, these rehab deals. And, you know, I start actually Betty Jo and and MFI did a flip together earlier this summer in Utah. Brian Burnett was part of that. And we made amazing money and, and, I saw how she ran things. So I realized that, you know, someone with construction background really needs to help manage these deals. I'm too busy. I can't manage, you know, 1200 doors. And, and so Lyndon's handling, you know, he's done flips, worked on a hotel with me and, and he's invested before. So he's managing Cleveland with Nadia. Um, he's managing Florida and Albuquerque. And so we saw Betty Joe's experience. She's a top producing realtor in Utah and also a flipper, a very successful flipper. Um, and uh, she flew out there last month with me and we looked at the projects and she had some really good input and we decided to give her a, give her a shot. So we're excited to have her. Um, Betty Jo, I just wanted to say thank you for jumping on the team. Um, say hi to our investors, I guess. <laughs> hi, Sam and everyone. Thank you for having me today. Um, super excited to be on the team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I haven't done something this scale, but I've been in real estate for about six years and excited to take next level steps. So I'm here to learn mostly. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Betty's pretty modest. Um, she actually came out, um, I forgot this, but she came out to Cleveland to help us with due diligence when we were, we had started a flip together and, um, I told her about Cleveland. She said, well, I have I just finished a flip. Let me put some money in your deal. She had been thinking multifamily and, and we kind of broadened her horizon horizons by saying, Hey, instead of buying a fourplex, why don't you buy 187 doors with us in Cleveland? So she actually <laughs> was very useful in our due diligence because Lyndon and I simply can't do it. Lyndon, Michael and I, and that's a lot of doors and, and she was fantastic. So she put 50,000 there and and she liked her returns. She was very interested in El Paso. She put money in El Paso and actually helped us with earnest money and, and due diligence there as well. So we're excited to have her. But um, I wanted to go over um, really quick, Betty Joe. you and I decided on the top four projects for Terrace Hill. And, and when we were there, we did some really, really important uh, secret shopping and comparables. And what Betty Joe and I realized is that our interior upgrades in El Paso are better than any of our competition, but our exterior upgrades, which we haven't started yet because we're, we're working on interior first. We're so focused on the interiors. Our, our, our exteriors are not up to par and 
we are working on, and and this is where Betty Joe's experience is going to come in handy as as a flipper and saving money and doing things for less. Um, we're going to work to work on a plan to save money on the interior upgrades, do less interior upgrades because they're not as needed, and work on some some landscaping, tree trimming, planting bushes, um, working on the basketball courts and the pool areas. And that was really apparent to, to us and also our regional that um, flew out there from Bello. She said, you know what, the exteriors really need an improvement and they need it first. So, so what we're working on is we have some roof doors that we need to fix. We have some painting that we're going to do in, in um, both projects, but some landscaping is really what we're going to work on and beautifying that exterior curb appeal. Um, and I think we will still do some interior upgrades, but not nearly as much as we we're going to. So anyways, um, that's where we're at with El Paso. And Michael, did you have any comments on uh, what we're working on in El Paso? I'm just excited about El Paso. <laughs> yeah. <Period. laughs> I oh, mean, oh, we should tell them about the uh, potential offer that we have. Go right ahead. So... So uh, Desert Peaks, we bought one year ago on, was it the 30th or 31st of December that we closed? I get the two mixed. Anyways. Sure, sure. Um, oh, that, uh, the whole time was a blur. <laughs> yeah, it was a blur. Uh, we have a potential offer at 17 million. We bought it for 10.9. And that would be about a 38% IRR for our investors. Um, so we do have a prepayment penalty with a bank. We'll have to factor that in. So, you know, maybe we'll only make a 30% return. Um, <laughs> but if we decide to sell and, and we may sell it because it's a $10 million asset that we purchased 160 doors, we would love to double that for our investors and for ourselves and, and get more tax write-offs. And what we found is that these larger deals and the little bit newer deals have better tax write-offs. And so, um, we're considering it. We're con considering it in Dallas as well because our improvements and the rent, rent increases we've received and, and gotten through our, our renovations have been proven and they're doing very well. Our NOI is going up and people are very interested in, in buying these assets. Sam, can you uh, kindly share with people that um, maybe aren't familiar with IRR, what if somebody put in 50 or $100,000 and they're in desert peaks, and uh, all of a sudden it goes from 10 million to 17 or 18 million. What does that mean for, for a person's $50,000 or $100,000? What does that return actually look like in the actual dollars and cents? Yeah, that's a good question. If we actually just changed the, the terminology and said average yearly return. So if we had a 30% average year, yearly return, you put in 100,000, well, it's been a year, you can get, you're going to get at least 130,000 back out of that. Um, and, and so that's really hard to do in one year. And, and, you know, if, if I were to tell you, Michael, Hey, I found this deal, it's going to be a 30% return per year. You would say you're crazy. Um, it's too good to be true. I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't invest in that. <laughs> exactly. It's too good to be true. Yeah. Um, so, so it's easier to talk about average yearly return. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why we buy value add deals that have upside. We're not going to buy the coupon clippers that just cash flow and, and they're already, you know, all the upside has been taken out. We want upside. We want hairy deals. We want deals that are 
not managed properly and properly and rents are way low because this is what happens. Um, I don't know if we'll sell it, but, but it's fun to uh, see, you know, see the potential. So I want to share some with you um, that my assistant said to me, because I, when we were talking as, as you guys were talking about it, when Clinton said we may have an offer for it, my assistant was standing next to me. She says, what does that mean? I said, well, what that means is that what we're going to do is if we did do it, we would flip out of, out of desert peaks from say, you know, 17 million into something in the 40 or $50 million range. She goes, what does that actually mean? She said, well, your, would your partners come with you? I said, I don't know. I said, if somebody put in a hundred thousand with us or 500,000, all of a sudden it's, it's worth uh, 130,000 or, you know, 600,000, 700,000 back, they could go out and buy a Lamborghini. They could go out and buy a second home. They could go out and buy a piece of art. They could do whatever they want. But I would bet you, I could be wrong, that they're going to want to keep rolling it because that income, their income is going to grow even higher. Not only are they getting more money back in their pocket, but their passive income is going to grow from that one deal. So if that person's getting, say, you know, $1,000 a month, all of a sudden, if they go into the new deal, they could get two or $3,000 a month. Uh, plus a whole new set of passive loss carryover. So it's not just selling a property, it's everything that comes with it. And uh, so, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, great point. I, I hope they do come with us and they're all invited for sure. Um, I wanted to, right before I open it up to questions, just give everyone an update. I just gave you guys the El Paso update. We're about 95% occupied on both properties. Um, the El Paso market is very strong. Uh, again, to keep increasing rents, we realized we need to do more exterior renovations. On Dallas, same thing. Our interior, interior renovations are great. Exterior is coming along very nicely. The paint is looking amazing. Five-star review. What's that? Five-star review. Five-star review. That's right. Um, we're getting great reviews from tenants, and they really like what we're doing. And I'll be out there on the third to take some nice pictures and videos for you guys so that those of you, Hal and, and others, David, that are, are in Dallas um, can get some nice updates on the pictures. It looks so much better. It, it's amazing what, what the paint is, has done to that property. It has a new roof. And so Michael, I think um, we're, we're ahead of year one rent projections, right? On Dallas? Yes. yes. So our, our net income is higher than we had projected for year one. Um, which is amazing because that property, the location is, is amazing. We did not expect really high cash flow in Dallas. We knew that this was a legacy property that would grow in value a ton. We just didn't expect this much growth in the cash flow as well. So that's always fun. It's always fun to be wrong that way. <laughs> yeah. And tell, could you share with people uh, when you say higher rents, can you take, take them from an $800 rent, what that looked like, or a $900 rent, what, the, what, what they're now renting for? Yeah, you know, we have different unit sizes, but on, on an average, we were about 800 to 850 on average, and we were thinking $150 rent increases would be great, you know, get that up to about 1000 and um, in some cases, we're getting 1100 1150 um, So very different than what we thought, and, and the neat part is a lot of the times we're getting those rent bumps without doing a whole lot of work, spending, without spending a whole lot of money on the interior upgrades that we thought we would. So it's, it's always nice to save money as well. And so we're providing a much nicer place for people to live. Um, and we're not having to spend quite as much money to do it, which is nice. And what that means for us is a much better sale price. 
or refinance and cash out refi here in the next two years. So we're excited for that. Cleveland, um, we're mid remodel on, on the uh, new 187 doors. The 15 doors um, that we're in is cash flowing very well. Um, our returns will start. So we'll start returning capital um, between April and June, potentially of, of next year. Just like we told everyone six, six to nine months after purchase, we're vacating a huge amount of the units and remodeling and and Nadia um, is our contractor on site, Jason Perel's wife. They're a fantastic real estate team. Jason manages all the properties and Nadia runs the crews to remodel all the properties. We love them. They're awesome. Um, I wish we could duplicate them and put them in other locations for us, but they're doing a great job. Um, Fairmount 104 doors, cash flowing very nicely. No problems there. Um, Cincinnati's going fantastic. Hal, I know you're in that one. Uh, Paul as well, David. Florida, I'll be out there on the 27th, uh, checking on the Florida deal. And um, we have an amazing property manager there. We're very lucky to have him. And rents are also um, a little bit higher than, than we expected. Lastly, Albuquerque. Um, I wish I could find another 100 Albuquerque properties, <laughs> minus the, um, the bums that, that walk over from the other property and dig through our trash. Um, but you know what, I'll deal with it because instead of getting, um, you know, rent bumps to about 750 a month from 500. So they were at 500 average. We thought we could get 650 to 750 and we'd be happy with that. We're now at 850 and pushing 900 probably in these next six turns. So, so that, um, I don't want to say for sure, but I'm thinking it's a for sure that we'll get an infinite return out of this deal, refinance out 100% of our money or more. And um, unfortunately, this is like the redheaded stepchild of all my properties, unfortunately, keep this thing forever. It's just a little bit, a little bit ugly, but hey, it cash flows like crazy. And that's all I care about. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Any questions? Um, let's see. Betty, Joe, David, Mike, Paul, Ryan, Juan Hui. Anybody else have have any questions? Perfect. We'll get going. Betty Joe, thanks for jumping on. Um, Michael, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Hey guys, take care. Talk to you next week.